Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. We had an amazing time at Super Bowl Radio Row and I touched on it. Uh, in my column today in the Sporting Tribune, basically how Las Vegas is the perfect host city for the Super Bowl. They're going to come back soon. Um, one of the things that I touched on uh, is that they will probably come back by 2030. And it's amazing to think how much Las Vegas will have changed by the time that they come back again. By 2028, they should have Major League Baseball here with the new stadium where the Tropicana currently sits. Uh, they should have the NBA and Adam Silver recently coming out and saying Las Vegas is in play to get an expansion team perhaps by 2028. So again, when Las Vegas gets the Super Bowl again in 2029 or 2030, it's crazy to think how uh, different this city will be again just in the past seven years. You know, you, you go back to 2016. Las Vegas did not have a single professional sports franchise. Since that time, they've got not only hockey, they have the defending Stanley Cup champion, the Vegas Golden Knights. They have the Las Vegas Raiders, one of the most storied franchises in professional football. And they have the back-to-back defending WNBA champion, the aces. So, uh, you know, just in a short amount of time, not only has Las Vegas gotten professional sports, they've done it at a high level where they're now hosting the Super Bowl. They're hosting Formula One. They're in the rotation, uh, you know, to uh, pretty soon here, 2028, the final four, perhaps in 2029, the college football championship game. So, I mean, it's just been an amazing time. And one of the, uh, Fun things that we got to do when the school was here. We did the show from Radio Row. Now, the th- thing about Radio Row is people come at you like at all times of the day. So we normally record the show at a certain time. And so when, you know, people swing by and you're kind of done for the day, but you're hanging out, you're not going to just uh, turn down a conversation with someone. So, uh, you know, what I wanted to do today and maybe if if we have time tomorrow, I wanted to play for you some of the conversations that we had during Super Bowl Radio Row with people uh, that, again, we did not get a chance to play for you. Uh, these conversations 
um, leading up to the game. And the first one, and again, both of these conversations done by the Sporting Tribune, Adrian Hernandez, uh, AEW's Nigel McGuinness. Again, they, they had a big show on this Saturday before the Super Bowl, and Nigel called in, and, you know, we, we weren't going to pass up that uh, chance to talk to him. I mean, what an amazing performer he is. So I wanted to play for you now an interview. Our very own, the Sporting Tribune's Adrian Hernandez did with Nigel McGinnis. Again, they had a big uh, AEW event this Saturday before the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see for those watching us on TV, uh, we're at Radio Row here at the Super Bowl, but I'm going to be very honest with you. I have a lot of gratitude with all the people we've been able to speak with, all the NFL current and former NFL players, but I'm tired of talking about Subway sandwiches and Old Spice and Pizza Hut and Domino's and all these other things. I need to cleanse myself and talk about professional wrestling, which is why we're getting away from Radio Row. Joining us here on the phone is one of the best, Nigel McGuinness. Nigel, how are you, my friend? Yeah, doing fantastic. Thanks, Adrian. Very, very excited about a weekend, which uh, I'm sure you are as well, right? Have you got any um, any bets down or not? No, no bets. We tried to stay away because also, I, I, we didn't say this before we started the interview, so I, I live here. This is home base for me. Matter of fact, this is one of the few times I'm here on the Strip because we tried to stay away from it here as locals. Mm, um, yeah. And you talk about this weekend like obviously there's a football game going on but not only that AEW collision the first time AEW's coming to Vegas outside of a double or nothing weekend the very first collision the very first pro wrestling event at the dollar loan center that's Saturday you can get your tickets AEWTix.com but before that to kick off the weekend this Friday night at the nerd bar on Fremont Street is going to be fantastic as Nigel presents a magical evening you can go get your tickets right now at the eventbrite.com uh, and we need to get into all the magic and everything and we will but before we start um, obviously American football I assume is not one of your sports of choice but what do you view American football and the phenomena of the Super Bowl and the NFL and all this stuff yeah I have an appreciation for it obviously I grew up as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys with no idea of really who they were or <laughs> what American football was to be fair and then when I went to university uh, in England we had uh, an American football team as we called it the Leicester Lemmings and uh, <laughs> kind of suited us very well I think we only played about six or seven games I was the leading touchdown wide receiver with one touchdown for the entire season so that tells way to you humble yourself you went to say humble because it was only a touchdown but damn it it was the leading one and ironically as you speak I'm like well hey Tony Tony might not like to hear this uh, but the Jaguars might be moving overseas to Europe, so that would be fantastic. I know they're trying to branch out the fan base. So, Nigel, I wasn't aware of all the magical skills you got outside of the ring until you appeared and almost tried to kill, honestly, RJ City with all the vinegar shots. Um, so, please, <laughs> tell me how this came to be and also what people can expect at the Nerd this Friday. Yeah, so uh, my love of, re of magic began, um, I think, largely when I was a kid. There was a, a guy at high school 
who did a few magic tricks and I paid five pounds because I was so like enthralled to learn how to do the trick and it was very simple uh, just a simple palming of a few cards but from there uh, as I grew up and I started going to wrestle in Japan a lot of times sponsors would take you out you'd be sat eating dinner for three hours and I wouldn't be able to speak the language at the time and so uh, I felt a little bit awkward so I took a pack of cards and taught myself a couple of few simple tricks and um, it sort of went from there to doing tricks for guys in the back and um, a long time people were always saying why don't you do a show why don't you do a show and obviously they're not familiar of, of how different it is to do a close up card trick versus doing a full 90 minute stage show um, but ultimately it was the uh, unfortunate passing of Jay Briscoe in January of last year that convinced me you know now's the time to do it you know no time like the present you know you never never guarantee tomorrow so that being the case I took three weeks uh, early last year to sit down and uh, I had to teach myself a lot of these magic tricks that I'd seen performed before but I wanted to try to also not just do magic tricks in and of themselves I wanted to tell a story with the magic uh, Derek Delgado in and of itself um, on Hulu I believe you can see it there was obviously an incredible uh, inspiration to anybody who loves magic a way of just using magic to tell stories about your life so uh, Nigel I want to ask you for people coming to the show on Friday at the Nerd what can they expect uh, it's part magic show part spoken word it's really an experience of heightened human connection that's how I like to describe it it's me talking about my career it's me talking about how I was influenced by friends like Jay Briscoe it's me talking about the love of pro wrestling and it's me mixing that with magic as well I get guys up on stage um, I do some mind reading some card effects as well so it's just an incredible evening and you will leave feeling like you've just watch something you've never seen before certainly you know I've been very lucky to have a, a lot of people come to the show um, who I'm friends with through wrestling there'll be a lot of the guys coming out from AEW as well so if you want to see some stars come down for that but uh, come for the stars stay for the magic it's going to be an incredible evening and one you certainly won't forget or regret and don't you dare bring 50 different action figures for them to sign okay people <laughs> um, hey real quick I have to ask you because obviously you know in wrestling and any in any form of entertainment there are some landmark cities um that you get to perform in that you want to perform in um, yeah. and obviously las vegas uh we have entertainments of all kinds including magic and magic shows and magic yeah. tricks and stuff so to be able to bring this show to las vegas like that's like a, that's a landmark for you i would believe right yeah yeah absolutely to some extent yeah uh, las vegas is synonymous with magic and some of the greatest magicians in the world certainly penn and teller david copperfield um to mention a few uh, my great friend matt pomeroy from england is just starting a residence out there in vegas next weekend as well so uh, he may even be at the part, part of the show so yes yeah, it's, it's very uh, i'm very excited to come and be part of it but well, what a weekend to choose <laughs> 100 and um now we we get into the squared circle or actually i should say into the broadcast booth mm. i take my interview
interviews very seriously, research. So you, you see me looking down at my laptop because I want to make sure I get this line correct. In your opinion, Nigel, is this the greatest line you've ever said in any sort of broadcast you've been a part of? Quote, Christian Cage has done for turtlenecks what Britney Spears did for visible thongs. Yes or no? It's up there. It's one of them. Um, either the same as that or I think I forget. I've had a couple that I'm very proud of. I think that actually came from um, came from Maria Canellis. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. You should also, I'm assuming as soon as you said that, you kind of gave yourself the Tiger Woods fist pump. And you should yeah. be proud. It's fantastic. Um, another thing I do want to ask you is, and I've been fortunate enough leading up to this show, talking to some of the stars of AEW, and uh, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked them as well. Mm. Um, you look at the landscape of professional wrestling, right? Uh, six days a week at least, we have TV on, on cable from a variety of different companies. Obviously, all in at Wembley, the record-setting crowd, crowds all over the place. Like, wrestling is very hot. And also, in interviews, not just with AEW wrestlers, um, your name gets brought up a lot in their experience, in their, their path to where they are now. Um, so it was big-ended to lead to this to this sentence right here. Um, impact that you, you've had on the industry and those doing what they're doing now. I mean, I would say more so now certainly that I'm working for AEW certainly I, uh, I'm in WWE because their vision for pro wrestling is if it didn't happen in WWE it didn't happen at all or it's not relevant then I was there to talk as someone who used to be a wrestler but I couldn't go into details because obviously they don't own the IP of Ring of Honor um, and again to that point so but in AEW yeah I, I certainly think uh, there's more ability to talk about I wrestled this guy and I wrestled this guy in Ring of Honor we'll talk about other promotions as well and that's one of the things I love about AEW is that they don't try to have this notion that it's them and nothing else exists around it and listen if that's your goal that's your aim fair enough certainly they're making plenty of money so uh, I just love though as a fan of professional wrestling that ability to talk about history that they can't monetize talking about other promotions that still exist you know it, it, it not, it's not like the wild west but you just have far more far more ability far more ability to, to do that no, and that's fantastic. And another thing I wanted to ask you, um, last week, lucky enough to have Claudio here uh, in Vegas. I'm getting to talk to him. And, you know, Will Ospreay, anytime now here in these next few weeks, will start being on AEW full-time, or at least yeah. that's, that's, that's the notion that I have. And I'm curious, with you guys coming from overseas, uh, and just like I told Claudio, pardon my ignorance, but, <laughs> you know, here in America, there is the, well, if you didn't do it here on my TV, screen where I can go that doesn't count coming from overseas to America and everything that you've done um, mm. is there is that is there do you agree with that mentality was it a chip on your shoulder coming here is it true um, if you yeah, could kind of delve into that I, I don't think so and I think certainly nowadays the world is far more easily accessible you know so something that happens on a show in England for example progress are doing some great things over there um, they had their Super Strong Style tournament every year that I was a part of last year. So, you know, a great match is a great match. Now, obviously, there are certain platforms uh, that are more visible and people talk about more. But there's, there's plenty of smaller independent promotions in America as well or that same sort of level. So um, I, 
don't think it's so much overseas. It's just the the the, the presence. It's just the ability to to um, you know to, to sort of see products from different places. No, hundred percent. And like I told Claudia, I felt I feel silly asking that because this man talk about Will Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom. Like we're talking gigantic, massive crowds just because it didn't happen on this part of the world. Mm. Um, but mo- moving on, um, I want to ask you. I know you you and Brian Danielson um, aren't the best of buds. <laughs> um, so when you hear that Brian Danielson in an interview said, "When I eat an apple, I'm essentially eating tree sperm. Most fruits are semen." What's your reaction to that craziness? <laughs> I could make a very biting comment, but uh, I I don't want to be quoted out of context, certainly. Uh, You know, Brian uh, has a very interesting uh, opinion on a lot of things. He's a very different human being. Uh, uh, Yeah, um, I'll leave it at that. You know, he's had a great career and he continues to have a great career. And uh, once his odyssey comes to an end, then, uh, you know, maybe we'll see more eye to eye. And then uh, we'll, we'll close out with this. Um, just let people know once again one more time if you could because um, pardon the connection uh, errors that we've had here at Radio Row just what people can expect this Friday at the Nerd um, with you this Friday at the Nerd is going to be uh, an incredible experience of heightened human connection there's going to be magic there's going to be story there's going to be experience there'll be superstars from AEW in attendance but that doesn't mean that you know if you're just uh, and there's nothing wrong with being just a AEW wrestling fan you're the best in the world so there'll be plenty of those there as well everyone's going to be part of the show it's going to be an incredible experience you won't forget and or regret so you can go to my social medias at McGinnis Nigel to get information about tickets there's still a few good seats available and the Nerd is an incredible venue as well if you haven't been there in Vegas so go there and check it out we'll be seeing you there on Friday night and then of course the following night on Saturday AEW Collision down there in Henderson every time we have a collision people go out of their way to try to really put their flag in the map there's that interbrand competition in AEW you know some guys are on both brands but you know speaking from somebody to Saturday night I'm so proud of the product so proud of everybody in front of the cameras behind the cameras uh, I couldn't be happier to be part of the promotion and if you come out Saturday you're going to have another night that you will remember for a long long time fantastic we will be in attendance and next time you guys are in the city i'm gonna need you next to me away from internet connections all right nigel thank you so much for the time no worries all the best thank you adrian all right that was adrian hernandez our very own adrian hernandez talking to nigel mcginnis of aew um i'm really excited to to, uh, play for you the conversation that adrian did with andreas hale uh who was formerly with the Sporting news, uh, you know, one of the really great combat sports journalists out there. Um, and I talked to Adrian about this as well, the future of journalism, the future of sports journalism. I mean, we have gone through just such a unpre- unprecedented time period uh, in the profession. Uh, when you look at what happened in January with, uh, with the sporting news, Sports Illustrated, um, the Los Angeles Times, the messenger where I worked at. I mean, just the, the number of companies that have either, um, completely cut their staff, completely gone away, uh, com- you know, uh, they've laid off hundreds of people, uh, 
uh, I think I saw a report that just in January alone, that over 500 uh, journalists have lost their job. And that really continued when you look at what happened at CBS and Paramount. I mean, just right after the Super Bowl, uh, the most watched telecast in human history, right on the heels of that, Paramount and CBS um, laying off hundreds of people. And so, you know, so what does that mean as journalists have to go and do their jobs? What does that mean uh, if you go the route of starting your own company? Um, you know, very similar to what we've done here at the Sporting Tribune, where we um, you know, work with different content creators, different people in different, uh, you know, who, who uh, cover uh, the teams. And, um, you know, we've, we've really tried to kind of tackle this uh, like in a unique way and not do just traditional sports journalism, you know, find a way to be creative with social and TikTok and Twitter and YouTube and podcasts and radio and things like that. And so um, this is an, it, this is a very unique topic. This is a very unique time. I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, you know, how do you uh, do your job when you are uh, basically supporting yourself? And you're going out there and you're trying to cover press conferences and you want to, uh, you want to ask the same questions you would if you were supported by the traditional legacy media company. Again, you know, when I worked at, uh, the Times and ESPN and Sports Illustrated, you know, there was never a fear of asking the hard questions or writing the critical column. Does that change, however? when you are essentially supporting yourself? It's an interesting question. I don't think it should. I think the team should respect the independence of journalism. But that is a conversation that Adrian Hernandez and Andreas Hale had, and I thought it was important to play that conversation for you guys. So let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the future of sports journalism. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. As I touched on in the last segment, our very own Adrian Hernandez was on Super Bowl Radio Row talking to a ton of people. We did not get a chance to play them all for you last week. So we wanted to play a, a couple for you this week. And one that I touched on in the last segment that I certainly wanted to play for you was his sit down with uh, Andreas Hale of the sporting news. One of the best combat uh, sports journalists uh, 
that you can find. I mean, just one of the most talented guys in the business um, talking about not only the future of sports journalism, but also a new project that he has called Bridges. So now let's hear our very own Adrian Hernandez talking to Andreas Hale. Listen, the second half of the show, we've been here all week. I'm tired of talking about football, so we're going to keep talking wrestling, and we need to talk journalism, too. We did with Arash Markazi. Now we're doing it with Andreas Hale. One of the best in the business. Finally, we get to do this in person. You've joined the show on Zoom. First off, congratulations on Bridges. Thank you. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. It's Super Bowl week in Vegas. I know you're talking football, but I'm a Niners fan, so... You know, this is this is like a green dream come true for me. So what what you've tweeted out about trying to get a ticket? Yeah. What's your limit? Because this is it, right? Everyone has a thing. Like, what are you gonna spend the most money on? For my baby moms, it was Beyonce. How much you spend on that? When, it, when it's like say. that, was it worth it? Whatever you for spend. her it was. Okay, so that's fair. So for me, like my birthday's coming up, and for me, I won't spend it on myself. My wife is like, "Look, if you really want to go," but she gasped when she saw those ticket prices. So I'm, you know, I'm working. Well, the cheapest is AGs. Yeah, I ain't spending no AGs. I love my Niners, but I could. Well, is it? But would you spend AGs if they were good seats? Because it's AGs to get in, meaning it's probably upper deck. Nah, like it's just the idea that, like, I've covered a lot of sports. I've been at every big fight, big events. The idea of spending eight thousand dollars to go to a game—it's crazy. I got kids, man. But if they win, I got, <laughs> I got kids. kids, bro. I can't. I, how irresponsible does that look? My kid, my daughter wants to go to college. She can't get into a dorm deposit because I, daddy doesn't spend it at the football game. And if we lose, oh, nope, ain't gonna. She want to go see Kung Fu Panda Four, and we can't because Brock Purdy threw a pick six. Yeah, I, I can't. Don't put that juju in the air either, Brock. You know, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um. No, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what my limit is. I've been broke, so I haven't had to deal with these problems. I just know that automatically I can't. Um, so I reached out to you, and I should have called you. It was just a text. You know, this is a weird thing that's going on in journalism. First off, it feels like it's dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason why I was like, I specifically wanted to talk to you is because I've been fortunate enough to be in the locker rooms of, we're here in Las Vegas, so the Aces and the Raiders, and the traditional sports journalism press conference and being a part of that really does feel like a team aspect, right. whereas being in Las Vegas and being able to go to some of these fights and UFC events and wrestling events, it's one-on-one, -on -one, everyone's in there, which is good and bad. Um, it seems mostly bad in my opinion, but also I didn't go to school for journalism, right? right? If I had to classify myself, I wouldn't even call myself a content creator. I love talking to people. I love the art of conversation. So I'm an interviewer and I, my approach is that I'm fortunate enough to be in that room and I have a responsibility to go in there and not ask for the most part, depending on, on the situation. I might ask, hey, do you want to wrestle Taylor Swift? But there's there's a fine line and going into the Royal Rumble to me there was only one thing that was really important to talk about um, 
But being in those situations, I'm going to be very honest. I don't, the Sporting Tribune, Odyssey, anywhere I work for does not pay for me to go. Shout out to ZipChair, buy the chairs, use discount code AJ for 10% off. They help me to be able to go to some of these wrestling events. Mm -hmm. So this is out of my pocket. So now I'm trying to be like, well, if I ask this question and now they don't let me in ever again, was it worth it? Right. But journalism, in my opinion, if there's a checks and balance system, journalism is the check. So basically, how have you handled going through some of these things? Because I know you've covered UFC a lot. Yes. And Dana White, Ariel Hawani's been highly publicized. He's not the only one. There was an incident just in Toronto. Yep. So, like, just talk me through that. I mean, where do you want me to start in terms of journalism and that sports? That was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of places to go with it because, I mean, the landscape of journalism in general has changed. How about we'll start with this. How do you feel the fact that it's changed where it's not – not only is it not just your traditional media outlets being there because most of them are dying. Right. But it is now – Adrian's a great interviewer, and he's got this many YouTube subscribers. Adrian, you can be in there. Hey, he's really good at TikToks that are just like reaction TikToks or whatever, however you're making it, and yeah. I'm not hating. But I'm just saying, you got TikTokers, Instagrammers, interviewers, blah, 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 all being in this room where before it was your traditional journalist that went through the schooling and the tutelage of how to behave and how to ask and how to, be, you know, do everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, the game has changed. Uh, content creators to um, the degrees of separation between your interview subject and the interviewer are shrinking. You can reach out to him on Twitter before he had to go through a publicist, right? There were steps to do this, which also breaks down the walls of credibility. Like, listen, I love Club Shay Shay, but Shannon Sharp's relationships are what gets him those interviews, 100%. right? And because there isn't, Shannon's not a journalist. I love what he does, like don't get me wrong, but he's not a journalist. He's not gonna push back on a lot of those questions the way that another journalist would. What ends up happening is, and this goes in sports as well and everything else, Cat Williams can say what he wants on that show and he knows that Shannon won't really ch challenge him. But Shannon ain't gonna, I mean, Cat Williams ain't gonna give me that interview because he knows I'm gonna push back, right? So now you're scaling back. You're only doing interviews with your friends now. Celebrities interviewing celebrities and entertainers and entertainers. Nobody's asking real questions anymore. It's just a big circle jerk. And you need more people who don't want to be friends with your interview subject asking serious questions. And it's not happening. You mentioned the UFC. Dana White don't want real questions at those press conferences. For years. He never has. And he says he hates media. No, he doesn't like being challenged. And he likes media that's going to toot his horn and promote slap fighting. But let's talk about the pay disparity in the UFC. You don't want to talk about that. He doesn't want the fights benefits. being broken. He doesn't want to talk about any of those things. That's journalism, though. Like, misused terms of journalism and, like, clickbait. I've watched them just misuse these terms all the time. So the landscape is changing, which means I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years. Like, we all have to adapt. We have no choice. The written word don't mean anything anymore. Like, I, I started off as a writer. Like, that first and foremost, I started in music, writing 2,000-word features, 3,000-word features. Who's reading? You know, so between that and the idea that when celebrities interview celebrities, they don't have to fact check. They don't have to go. They don't have an editor telling True. them, you know, the barriers are broken down and it makes it more difficult for, for people who want to do their job, can't do their job because for the most part, the celebrities just want to tell their story, not have anything pushed back. And it's funny, I'm masquerading this interview as really just advice and someone I admire because I'll, I'll push back on you. Or I'll respond to you with these two things. 
I will say, when it comes to sports, though, I do appreciate, like, when J.J. Reddick gets to talk to Chris Paul. Oh, I love it. And they get to argue. It's, it's great. And Paul, I know Paul George specifically. Now, Gilbert Arenas and some of the other ones, eh, not my cup of tea. But, hey, whatever. They're very successful and they're good at what they do. But when you bring up, like, the um, you have to be friends with your subject, I guess, like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel I have to move with kindness because if I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to get them opportunities, bro. Let me be clear. I've been, I'm friends with a lot of people. But when the camera turns on, I'm not here to promote what you're doing. And that alone. If there's something in your life that's happening, we got to talk about it. The worst thing you can ever tell me is no comment, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. If, if it's something personal you want to talk about, you say no comment. But I got to ask the question. Don't get mad at me for asking this question. 100%. For the most part, when friends interview friends... It don't they, even get that far. It, yeah. They was like, well, don't talk to me about that, bro. And when you do that... You close the window on, on what you want to know, right? So, I love like I love JJ Reddick. I love I love I like Gilbert Arenas. I'm not saying to get rid of them. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying the scales are tipped so far one way. And I meant to say like at least in the sports realm, I appreciate it than the celebrity ones and all different stuff. It just yeah. seems with the sports ones because they get to get into details of certain things in the business that we don't get to it's see. It's great storytelling. I'm a yeah. big fan of like Drink Champs, right? With Noriega's yeah. show. I'm a big fan of, of rappers talking to rappers about things that they never talked about publicly because they're comfortable. I'm, I'm a yeah. fan of that. But you're also losing jobs in journalism because now all they want to do is talk to their friends. Like, like, that's all they want to do. It has to go cut both ways. I'm all about ba balancing everything in life. And I don't think we have enough of it. And that's why, like, the journalistic field is dying because it's about likes, clicks, TikTok followers. But is it about can you do your job? And it ain't. It ain't about that as much anymore. It's tough. I feel bad because I, I value a lot of that. But I also, I've been in circles where I've heard where people say, my Twitter does really good, but my YouTube doesn't. And I'm like, yeah, because when they check out the full 20 minutes of your two-minute conversation, you can pull 40 seconds and make that look good. Oh, yeah. But is that conversation dope? And I try to that, – that is my goal. Um, I, I want to move I want to move on to the Royal Rumble. Um, and, and I said this earlier. I want to be fully transparent. I was at the press conference. I raised my hand only during Triple H's press conference. I was not called on. Um Shout out to Cam Hawkins, John Alba, Brandon Thurston, Nick Hossman, who really went in on the subjects. And, you know, I've heard them say this, and it is crazy that they have to get applauded when that should be the standard. Yes. Um, which is crazy, but that's where it is, and salute to y'all. And because I did not have enough time to call you, and I didn't want to call you from the press box, I talked to Brandon, and I was like, hey, man, like... I got a couple questions in my head that I'm trying to formulate and see, and we kind of talked it out. Crazy thing is we didn't know until about halfway through if there was going to be a press conference because usually they give us the band and let us know. They didn't let us know until the men's Royal Rumble was, like, starting. Wow. Okay. So, um, but to their credit, nobody, I was not told, can't ask this, can't blah, 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 blah. It was normal. We went in there and did our thing. Actually, it wasn't normal. This was the first time that fans were also in there That's because weird. they yeah. paid. Yeah. So there was, like, a dude dressed up as Hulk Hogan cosplay, like, <laughs> right behind Cam Hawkins and, like, all this other stuff. So that was strange, and that was the first, but that's the UFC package deal that they're doing. But I guess my question to you is, watching that press conference, how did the room do, in your opinion? It's, uh -oh. it's all right. 
wrestling is very weird because it's like, when do you ask a real question and when do you ask a pro wrestling kayfabe question? I need to, I need to cut you off really quick. Yeah. In UFC and in boxing, and I ask that specifically because I know at Raiders and Aces, I would be fired if I clapped when Asia Wilson walked into the room. Of course room you would. And Devontae Adams. Yes. We get into the wrestling locker rooms and we start clapping. And that's like, what are we doing? It's, weird. <laughs> it's, it's very weird because it's like, are you part of the show or are you doing a job? Shout out to Cam Hawkins who asked the hard question, right? But for the most part, media in these events, not a lot of them are trained journalists. You don't really have to be. But they're not here to rub anybody the wrong way. Or they don't feel like they can ask that question. This remain allegations, obviously. Same thing at WrestleMania. When I was at the press conference at WrestleMania, the TKO deal had just got announced. And they, they didn't tell us not to ask it. And I had lost my voice that week, so I couldn't ask. And they knew I was going to ask that question. I think Nick Houseman ended up asking that question. But... Some people don't feel comfortable because they don't want to rub them the wrong way and they feel like they won't get invited back. So the room did all right. Some questions are really dumb. It's the nature of the beast, right? I cover UFC. I get I listen to dumb people talk all the time. Dumb fighters, dumb but you But you know, you know what was like very eye-opening to me? Um, first off, I kind of get upset. Because in in this journey of me being a content creator and me trying to do what I'm doing, like, I haven't made much money, but any money I've made, I've used it to invest in stuff. Right. So I see dudes in there with not the proper equipment, and I was like, well, what's the point of you even being here if you can't even capture? But the other thing, too, is being here specifically at the Super Bowl, you know, there was a lot of pushback when, hey, do you want to wrestle this celebrity? And it was pretty silly. But then I went to opening night, and, like, Travis Kelsey got asked... I saw NFL players be asked, what's your favorite Super Bowl snack? Oh, listen, it, it's it's weird across the board. Like, dumb questions come from everywhere. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get a moment, right? A lot of people want to be the star ahead of the stars, right, by asking these goofy and silly questions. It's okay. I just, the, rest, the, the Royal Rumble press conference, it was fine, and it, I don't think people know how to navigate those situations because there's no rule book on how to navigate a pro wrestling press conference because again am I talking to Paul Levesque or am I talking to Triple H and this has been two years three years since this has been the thing since AEW decided to start doing them right and it's weird and you watch them and it's weird because like even with AEW Tony Khan gets asked about the whole Chris Jericho situation and he's got Tony Storm's hat and sunglasses on he's not ready to answer a serious question but a lot of people cut that clip as like Tony's not being serious about Chris Jericho he got caught off guard but you have to be prepared in those situations that's your job that question's gonna come so the room did all right man I I can't really fault anybody I know the people that I know in this business knew what they were gonna ask like when I saw Cam shout out to Cam Hawkins I think he's tremendous he knew what he wanted to ask he didn't mince any words he was just very straight up with it and what and it's really up to triple h and the pr team to navigate those waters it ain't our job as journalists to make them feel good about the question we're about to ask yeah that's true this has been enlightening um let's get to a a better subject an amazing subject uh you came out with a short film that was amazing that I cannot wait to watch with my son, who's already watched it, but he's away, he's, he's out of town, and my niece and my sister, who is a principal in Harlem, who I'm forcing her to add oh, onto the syllabus or the agenda of every class. Whenever, not just in February,
February. Bridges is out. Yes. First off, if you could explain what Bridges is and the reaction to it now that it's out to the wow. world. Finally, right? Yeah, three years. Three long years. Um, for those who don't know, me, WWE superstar Big E, Jonathan Davenport, who designs everybody's ring gear. Uh, after George Floyd passed, pandemic's happening. We're sitting at home. Um, Big E calls me says, hey, me, Woods, and Kofi want you on the New Day podcast because we want to talk about George Floyd, but we've never really talked about it very in-depth, and we think you can help us navigate that conversation. And if anybody saw it, it was a very emotional show that day. Uh, I think everybody cried on that show. And it ended up being, like, top three on the podcast chart. But when we left it, you know, we are on a group chat, and uh, it was like, now what, right? We just had this very cathartic conversation about black history and George Floyd and police brutality. Now what? So E has been going through, like, trying to figure out how to have, like, social justice or activism while he works. And one day, people remember him and Kofi knelt in the ring. He has some ring gear, and it looked like Schoolhouse Rock with his histories of like civil rights activists. And he shows it to me, and I'm like, what are you doing with that? And he wears it, and I watch it, I think it's amazing. I said, what are you doing with that? He said, oh, you know, it's just my ring gear. I was like, you just gonna get rid of it? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that can't die in a wrestling ring, bro. We gotta do something. I was like, that looks like Schoolhouse Rock. I've worked in the music industry a long time. I said, and Johnny can, can create. Why don't we make a cartoon? that blends black history and hip hop. And I was like, and just to see how it would work, let's do a Kickstarter, see if people would like this idea. Because kids, race, like kids aren't taught black history at all. Like minority history in America is terrible, right? Any culture, awful. So it's like, we, if we attack this at its root, and you attack ignorance and racism at its root, kids could be more acceptable of other kids because a black kid don't know he's black until somebody tell him he's black and he's weird for being black. A Mexican kid don't know he's Mexican, something's wrong with that, until somebody points out his accent. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. We gotta like, accept each other. So started a Kickstarter, raised $130,000. I uh, got my friend Rhapsody, Grammy-nominated uh, rapper, Eric the Architect from the Flatbush Zombies. We did the song Ruby Bridges. Uh, my name is Ruby Bridges. It took us three years to get this thing done. It's finally out now and the response has been incredible uh and i'm not saying that just to say it he does this to me all the time because i never see it everybody he knows cries when they watch it everybody i know nobody's cried when they're watching it's like this is amazing but they don't cry but then he sends me video like becky lynch watching she cried real tears because it's not just about ruby bridges and being the first african-american girl in 1960 to integrate an all-white school it's about being an outcast it's about being not accepted by your peers and not knowing why and having to take the first step so we wanted to hit people on a number of levels uh it's 13 minutes short you can watch it on our heels rock youtube channel and share it as far and wide as you can because we want to make more of these but that's like the genesis of it man and i'm so happy it's out and we got nominated for an NAACP image award so it's been great that's amazing and the plan is maybe possibly more yes i mean we made it as a pilot right like the idea was make a pilot episode see if somebody wants to pick up and without talking too much we've had a lot of meetings 
we've had a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings. We had a, meetings when we started the Kickstarter, and now that it's finished, we're having more meetings. There's and people, and now that people see what it is, because everyone always needs to see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to see it. So people have seen the music video, and it was like, you guys did this? Yeah, we're three idiots. A pro wrestler, a writer, and a, and a graphic artist made a, a cartoon. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, but it came out incredible, man. All right, that was our very own Adrian Hernandez talking to Andreas Hale. That is all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.